is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with myself, Jason and Corey. Corey, how are we doing? Jason, I'm very well. We took a hiatus last week, obviously released Michael Knighton. Uh, podcast which was very interesting I found it not just because I interviewed the man but he's a very interesting and dear friend of mine um, but also penultimate episode of the season uh, because next season or next season we'll be in league one but next next week we will have the season review we're going to recap this whole season which has kind of felt like I, I'm not going to say four seasons because they're not paying me to say that so five seasons worth of different things going on and heartache and despair but we're, enough about that because you know me, Jason. My dad's a Blackpool fan, um, and I am, as they say, chuffed the bits with the victory over the Tangerines. So that's what I'm here. That's what we're here to discuss, and, and some other things as well. But it's a pleasure to be with you, Jason. Yeah, it's it's lovely to see you. Like you say, week off last week. Nobody wanted to talk about watching Derby's Derby get stuffed by Bristol City. It was absolutely terrible. I was there. I walked out after 60 minutes. So that's as much as we need to know. Um, but yes. We we decided to do one this week because, like you say, we've actually got something to celebrate. The first win of 2022 away from home. I mean, that is a that is an incredible to say how. And we're going to go into it next week. We know that how much of a decent season, apart from where Derby have finished, has been. That that is one record that I think ultimately probably did did um, did stop Derby from from doing the unthinkable, but. Yeah, first win, so we are going to touch on that. And of course, we have a guest, and it's a returning guest, and it's Jack Bryan from Jack Bryan Football. Jack, how are we doing, mate? I'm, I'm good, yeah. I mean, the, the one positive that came from Bristol City was its, its first game I've been back to in a in a couple of months. But yeah, good win at the weekend, and also good win yesterday for um, for England in, that, uh, in the CP World Cup that's just kicked off. I was watching that. I've got a link to that. If anyone is interested, I put the link out to the website on my Twitter. So, yeah, I saw you do that, Jack, and it's a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting tournament. And I know the FA has done a lot about CP football, um, and you know they've, they've got a, a tremendous program. I know, I think they won what they went eight eight one yesterday. Yeah, against Canada. Against yeah, Canada. Canada. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic, fantastic opportunity. It's an opportunity to go out there and support, uh, support England, support football. Um, and that kind of stuff. So obviously, you know, we we obviously um, are following that, Jack, as as we are friends with you and, and you've been telling us about this stuff. So definitely I would encourage the listeners to go on and, and take a look at, at CP Football, CP Football World Cup, um, follow England. Maybe England can get some success out of that. But I know um, there's a lot of great uh, great things that are going on within that program right now. So it, it's it's pretty, pretty special um, that, uh, that and it just shows that, that football's for everybody. Um, and that we can go out there and, and, and still enjoy the beautiful game. And that is what makes it 
the beautiful game essentially is that everybody and anyone can enjoy it no matter, you know, what, what, um, what differences people may have or anything like that. You know, it's, it's, it's a unifying thing and it's, it's a very, very special and important thing. Indeed. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm sat, you know, I'm doing this. I can't really play that well or that much, but I'm sat here talking about it with you guys. It's, it's, you know, it's a really good thing socially and for the sport and being able to exercise, being more accessible for people, long may that continue, basically. So, yeah, I'm just doing a bit of coverage on that over the next couple of weeks as well. So just get that plug out of the way. No, absolutely. You, you, and to be honest with you, Jack, if Jason and I could be play football decently, we would be doing a podcast, wouldn't we, Jay? No, that's that is that is very very true. That is very true. But we'll uh, we'll we'll find that and we'll we'll share that link on Twitter and, and Facebook. And uh, anybody who wants to to check that out, then then they can. Not a problem at all. Um. So yeah, we we just <clears throat> we touched on it in the intro, sort of there. Um. I can't believe I missed it. I was planning on going. I couldn't in the end. And I've missed an absolute wonderful bank holiday against Blackpool. Corey, we know on this, from this podcast that there is an affinity with, with Blackpool, um, with yourselves, yourself and your dad. And, I mean, it was, it was perfect, wasn't it? We, we, I mentioned it a minute ago, the first one of 2022 away from home. It was, it was good to get that monkey off the back. Um, and I thought Derby, okay, they rode the look a little bit in the first half. I didn't get. I didn't actually get to see much of the game. I, I did get it on the radio, and to be fair, all you could hear was four and a half thousand Derby fans jumping up and down and throwing shoes around. So you know, I mean, fantastic. And obviously, a lot of my friends and and on social media over the bank holiday weekend uh, looked like they had looked like they really had a they had a good time at Bloomfield Road. It really did. And to top it off, I think it would have been a celebration and it would have been a bit of a party anyway. To obviously for the for the support that Derby have given the fans, sorry, have given Derby away from home this season. But to top it off with three points, Corey, and then obviously at the end of the game, all the all the players going over there, it was, as I said at the beginning, it was it was a, another nice thing to take away from this season, which is has been will ultimately remembered for disappointment. Yeah, for sure. And I think the thing that um, I think obviously the the perform the result was great. It was great to you know to sell out four thousand uh, fans at Bloomfield Road. The support this season has been. Um, absolutely fantastic. I think you'd be hard pressed to find better fans anywhere in across the country. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Derby County supporter, but with everything that this football club has gone through, you know, it would have been easy for people to, and Jason, maybe this is controversial, but you know me, it would have been easy for some people to go, you know what, I'll go watch Leicester or, you know what, I'll go watch Forest because they're having the best season in 15, 20 years. And it would have been easy to, to maybe jump ship and, and look other places, but, you know, people stuck by the club, they've, they've sold out. They've, we've got some of the highest attendances in, in the championship, which is amazing. I mean, I was watching Bournemouth last night um, and, and there, you said how long it was going to be until the podcast, Jason, it's like five minutes in and they beat, they beat Forest last night. They had 10,000 people at the Vitality. They had, but they had 10,000 people at the Vitality and that was a top of the table, like supposedly epic clash of the championship. And then, you know, second and third, the winner of that's probably going to get automatic promotion. So, they got 10,000. We took 4,000 to Blackpool. I mean, it's mental. We were relegated two or three weeks ago. We've got tremendous support. Um, and it really does feel like kind of the monkeys off the back of it. And I think the real shame is, it's just, I wish the season was just two games longer or just a game longer because we would have stayed up because Reading aren't doing anything. And it's not because 
Tom Paulins, Tom Ince, no, Tom Ince plays for Paulins is a genius manager. They got a 95th minute goal in a crazy 4-4 game for them to stay up in this division. Um, and I think if the game, if the season had been an extra game or an extra two games, Darby would have stayed up without a question of, without a shadow of a doubt. The players are putting in really good performances as they have been most of the season, you know, and we went and took a Blackpool side, which is pretty decent to be fair for a team that had come up from league one. Um, they have some real talented individuals. They have some real talented players. I like the manager, Neil Critchley. I think he's, he's, he's a very competent, very good manager. Um, and we went into their backyard and didn't really give them, didn't really give them any opportunities. Yes. They had a penalty snuffed out by Kel Roos uh, who returned in goal, but overall performances were fantastic. The fans have been fantastic. And I think it's just a, I think just the, the the positive vibes that are coming out after relegation, most teams, you know, they storm the buses, they're angry, they're upset, they're sacking, wanting to sack the manager, get rid of the players and whatever. I mean, Derby County has been relegated for the first time in, in our all three of ours lifetime to the third tier, but there's none of that. It's just like, okay, you know, we, we, we build, we go again, we're having good performances, we're putting shifts in. And that's great to see. And the support's there. And that that's that's just absolutely phenomenal. It brings a tear to your eye. And, you know, I know our friend Lee Charles from Lee Charles TV at Blackpool, he put a video out about, you know, if you jump around, if you're going down. And it was immense. And I think it just showed, you know, how big this football club is, how much this football club is loved and how much people will, uh, you know, will continue to support this football club through thick and thin, which, to be honest with you, Jason, we're sitting here on, on May the 4th. So Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you both and the audience. Sorry, nerd, nerding out here. but there were periods of time, Jason, that me and you were on a podcast and me and you were talking over, over various FaceTimes and phone calls and WhatsApp and texts and, you know, by signal light and whatever. And we, we sat there and me and you had a real emotional conversation about would there even be a Derby County come May 4th? And, and there is, we've been playing well, our fans are supporting it. And it, you know, it, it, it does show like the, the monkeys off the back of it. And we're, we're really building towards something special. And obviously not all done and dusted yet, because again, as we've been saying for weeks on this pod, big week coming up, big week coming up off the field, because on the field, it kind of is kind of like, meh, whatever happens, happens, doesn't really matter. Want to go out with a bang, but we already know where we're going. But um, yeah, I think it's just absolutely fantastic. The support's been amazing, and I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no, it, it was. I mean, from I, I, I was finding it really enjoyable watching Owen Bradley's tweets and Ed Dawes' tweets and things like that, because the dark, the, obviously the press box at Bloomfield Road is right slap bang in the middle of the away end. And uh, I think for a lot of people's safety at one point, they with Derby jumping up and down, they weren't quite sure if the stand was going to break. But I know that certainly the cameras for Rams TV were, were struggling to contain the uh, the movements of the of the Derby fans. So, I mean, what like you said, Corey, what a way to... What a way to bow out from your away championship season. And I think you're right. You've next week, well, Saturday, three days away, as we record this on Wednesday. I suppose Saturday for a lot of reasons doesn't matter. But but at the same time, I think for a lot of reasons it does matter. And I want to go into them a little bit later. But I want to touch and bring Jack in on this. Uh, you know, it was a great atmosphere. It was great for the fans. It was, I mean, if Derby had got beaten, I, I think that would have been a bit of a downer. But, you know, the fact that they won was great. But the actual game itself, as as Corey alluded to, Kel Roos comes back in, saves a penalty, poor penalty. The, 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 comment, the commentary that I heard was it was a, it was a fantastic save. I'm sorry, it's a, it's a terrible penalty. Made me laugh how they gave the ball to Richard Keogh and Keogh was like, yeah, I'm not having it. That, that was quite funny because uh, he would have been slaughtered, which would have been fun. But, 
overall, from a Derby's perspective, Jack, I mean, they, they weathered the storm, which they've done away from home this season. Then the one thing that they haven't managed to do enough of this year is convert when they're in the game and get points out of it. I know it means, technically, it means nothing. And Corey, you alluded to it. Blackpool, decent side at home. They beat, Bo- they beat Birmingham 6-1 last week. You know, so they know where the back of the net is. Um, Jack, how impressed were you with the fact that Derby went about the business in, in the way that you would hope and you would you would expect? And just to sign off from for the away campaign with three points, it does take that monkey off the back and it, it, it does give a glimmer of hope for next season, hopefully with some of these players actually still be hanging around. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long time coming. We've been, you know, I mean, what was it? This it was thirtieth of December, wasn't it? So, so yeah, we've not we've not won all year away, and we we finally did. We finally held out for long enough to get the win, as you say, because so many times Rooney said it. So many times we have actually played better than that away. Maybe maybe deserved to get something more than we did, but we we got a couple of goals from a couple of people who've been waiting for goals as well. Ebiowi played really well. I saw something you guys tweeted earlier about the him getting into the team of the month based on the who scored ratings. And he's got I mean he's got the most dribbles completed in the league for April. So that's what he's done really well. But then what he added on Saturday just gone was a bit of end product. So he got his goal, albeit tapped in that he had to be in the right place. And he got an assist with the ball in from the free kick and cash in pops up. 2-0. Cashin is another one who's been very impressive. Since and Cashin looked like a salmon going up river. He just was a boom and just knocked that sucker straight in. I mean, absolutely, absolutely fantastic ball from Ebiwawi. But you're right, Jack. Absolutely crucial. Crucial big header. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's momentum as well, though, isn't it? To break that cycle before the end of the season so that we're not, come August, plagued by this, oh, we've not won away all year thing. Could be big. I think so. I think so. And and Corey, <clears throat> Jack's mentioned it there. It was the it was the one other point I wanted to bring up about the game. Malcolm Ebioe. I mean, we've sang his praises since he floated into the team around January, February time. And Jack's right. The, the only thing that was kind of missing from Ebioe's game was a little bit of end product. But that's not. I mean, you know my opinions on Festi Ebisale, um about his end product. You could see that it was never really that there. With Ebioe, you can see it's there. He's just. He probably hasn't quite made the right decision at the right time, but you you know that when he does, he's gonna he's gonna be impactful. And let's face it, we're gonna we're gonna have a real job keeping hold of him. Uh, certainly permanently, we may well get him back on loan. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it was a tap in. It wasn't a, a twenty five yard strike that we'd like. You know, we were, I think on his debut, we had one where it hit the post or just whizzed past the post, and where he'd cut him from inside. But some of the performances that 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 lad's put in. This season, you know, coming in as as a young lad, and obviously he's been knocked around a little bit already in English football for for such a young age um, at Rangers and West Ham and, and Arsenal, I believe, and things like that. So, for him to have a small cameo this second half of the season at Derby just goes to show you, you know, he's, he's obviously got a bit of quality. And sometimes, as we've mentioned this on the podcast before, with youngsters, it's about them actually being thrown in at the deep end sometimes. And and too many young footballers go through the younger days of, of football without the experience of being allowed to play. It's all 23s football and things like that. And then they get to the age of 22, 23 and, and the, you know, the league two and national league sort of 
them up because nobody wants to take a chance on them because none of them are actually proven at a, at a, at a professional level, really. But him and like Cashin, I mean, for me, Cashin, I saw Cashin score a goal at Notts County in the preseason. And I mean, and that's when you I, put the poster over your bed of him. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I fully expected him to obviously be part of the furniture this season at Derby. We know the reasons why for the first half of the season they weren't. Uh, you know, obviously we had Jagielka for six months, which aided Derby's fight for survival. Um, but Aaron Cashin's another one, Corey. Derby, I think, are going to probably struggle to keep hold of him, if I'm being honest. I think he's proven. And I did see, obviously, something I want to touch on later. We gave our, our player of the season and young player of the season. Um, we got absolutely slated for choosing our young player of the season, I think. And uh, a lot of people were saying it, it was Cashin. Spoiler alert, if nobody's seen it, it wasn't Cashin. But we base that on the fact that he's only played six months of the season. If he'd have performed like that for the entirety of the season, he was an absolute surefire to win it. But same as you could argue that with Ebioe as well. But yeah, the, the it's disappointing. We've had this before where we've had youngsters come into the side. We look at them and go, okay, they're going to be in the first team for next season. Unfortunately, we've just got no guarantees of that, Corey, have we this year? Because we just don't know what situation Derby are going to be in come 30th of July. Yeah, and that's the that's the uh, that's the unfortunate thing. And um, I think you you saw it with the Festi Abasele uh, situation. I mean, I think Festi Abasele, um, look, his Zen product's not great. He's like basically a championship version of a Domitriore. Put blinkers on him, he'd run straight down the tunnel. But you know, at the end of the day, um, you have assets, you have young players that you want to be able to play. And they're, and they're doing well. And, and Ebbo is one of them. Cashin's another. You look at Liam Thompson as well. And these players are now wouldn't look out of place in, in, in championship sides. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, they're going to get into Fulham's team. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say they're going to get into, you know, to very many teams in the top six, but they're solid championship players now, but because of the situation that we're in, we can't offer them contracts. Um, so who knows where they're going to be playing next season, which again, hurts the football club in the short term and the long term because you're losing a first team player that then you have to spend money to go and replace. You have a young player who's, you know, who's got a, a relatively reasonable wage that you could potentially have sell on value. So you're going to lose the sell on value. You're going to lose them uh, for that as well. And I think it's going to be an interesting and a big next seven to 10 days because, um, and it feels like we've said, we've said date ranges all this season, you know, but they have to start. I know Rooney said they have to start putting paper in front of players. I mean, we could sit here. I could sit here and say, yeah, I want to, I want to resign with the podcast for next season, Jason. But until I get a contract offer on the table, which is, you know, until I put pen to paper, you know, I've got to keep my options open because as a footballer, you're making that money. You've got to, you've got to, you might have a family to support. That's your job. You know, and you have to think about it, Jason, if you were, if you're in your job or I'm in my job or Jack, whenever, if you're at your job, you know, you sit there and you go, I could take a surefire thing or I could stay at a place that I really love where I may be able to, and may not, and I may miss my opportunity. So it's going to be a very important seven to 10 days to make sure that these players get signed up for the long term, protects their value for the football club. I mean, look, if we sign Abuwoi to a contract and then we sell him, his money is going to be worth way more than the thing. Same with Festi Abuselli. If we were able to offer him a contract, he wouldn't be at Udinese. He'd be at Derby. We probably would sell him in summer anyway. I don't know. You have to be able to protect, you have to be able to protect, protect their value. Um, but then, you know, you're getting assets out of nothing. Like look at Luke Planch. I, I said this before, Jason and, and Jack, I'm sure you guys have heard me say this. When the season was rolling out and we were thinking, who's going to kind of break through, who's going to be, be in the Academy or the 23s and who's going to come through. Luke Planch's name was never mentioned. And now he's the first name on the team sheet. We've sold him for a million pounds. 
right? That's a pretty good return for a guy who played eight games. Let's just be honest here. Okay. It's a pretty good return for a guy who played eight games. Um, you know, and, and young players go through fits and starts. I mean, I think the thing that I like about Malcolm Abelowi the best, Jason, is the fact that in all the games that he's played, he's never really had a poor one. He's always looked lively. He's always looked sharp. He's always been wheeling runner. Where these young players, we've talked about this before, they go through peaks and they go through troughs, right? They, like Liam Thompson, he had burst on the scene. He had amazing like five, six games. We're like, wow, this lad can play. And he's kind of petered off a little bit. Still performing well, but has petered off from that peak. Luke Plange did well when he burst onto the scene. Since his move to Palace has kind of not really been the same player. Festia Baselli burst onto the scene, got a bit of a move. He's had a bit of, he's not been in the team as much. And he's kind of dropped down. Lee Buchanan's another one whose performances have kind of dipped. But Ebo always came into the team and he's performed at the same level that he did from the moment that he stepped in the team. And if not, he's gotten better. If he hasn't remained the same, he's gotten better. And so that's the mark of a, of a very, very talented footballer. So um, I think it's definitely a market Darby needs to be exploiting next season in League One. Definitely something we need to look at because we've had some success in that this season specifically. Um, it's a very good market. There's a lot of talented, young, hungry players that want to be able to do that. And who wouldn't want to play for Darby County, which is a big club going down into League One, right? I'm not saying it's a guarantee to the championship because it's a, it's a difficult, difficult league and we don't know what the personnel situation is going to look like. But look at the opportunity. Play in front of a packed stadium every week. You've got Wayne Rooney potentially as your manager. You could be potentially on the cusp of something extremely special with when they rebuild. So, you know, that's, that's numero uno for me is more important than the Cardiff game. Let's get contracts in front of these players. Let's get a pen in their hand and let's get them to sign that as quick as possible. And then we can make personnel decisions after that. But you're right, Jason, you know, Aaron Cashin has been immense. I mean, he displaced Richard Stearman. I love Richard Stearman. I know you love Richard Stearman. I'm sure Jack will Richard Stearman because it's, I mean, it's Richard Stearman. He's awesome. Right. But Aaron Cashin's come in. He hasn't looked out of place. Eboe's come in. He's not looked out of place. And teams higher up the pecking order are starting to look at these players and think, hmm, maybe Malcolm. I mean, we heard rumors potentially, potentially um, Crystal Palace are interested in potentially other Premier League clubs. So there's obviously something about him. So yeah. important thing now is, you know, we they had the rewards dinner last night. We've read on Twitter the players say they want to stay and whatever. And I don't think that's necessarily a PR tack. For the first time in years, I don't think that's somebody sitting whispering and saying. Say that you say that you want to stay to to be able to you know uh, to uh, placate the fans. I think these players generally want to be here. These players generally want to play for this football club, and I think they generally want to get it back to the championship. But in order to do that, like I said, you have to put contracts in front of them because I can't blame them. They don't have they have a sure thing and a non sure thing. If I was in the same situation, I love Derby County, Jason, but I'm, I've got to go and get a contract. I can't afford to be out of the game. I can't afford to be wait playing a waiting game. You know, it's like if you get accepted into university and then you're waiting for another university, which you really want to go to, you got to take the surefire thing because if it never comes, you're not going to university, whereas you yeah. got the surefire thing. And then you can sort your options out from there. So, you know, we've got to get, we've got to get paper in front of people um, and get them to sign it as soon as possible. Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the Fan Hub app. Fan Hub are looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups, check in on match days and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the Fan Hub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review podcast for Derby County. 
Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the FanHub app and website. Well, it's kind of a decent segue into it, Corey, and we'll we'll touch on the Cardiff game last uh, topic for the podcast. But yeah, Chris Kirchner, obviously the takeover. I was going to say rumbled up, rumbles on then. And I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic. We've said this before, a lot coming out. Um, a lot more came out yesterday, I think it was, or this morning. I think it was yesterday I read it. I can't remember now. About, you know, where things are. He's obviously coming over for the game. He's got meetings with the EFL. Everything seems to be ticking along quite nicely, strangely, which is nice. We said we was a little bit worried about if, if things go a little bit quiet, you know, what would what would that mean? Has there been a, has there been a stumbling block? As we sit here today on Wednesday, and as I say, I, th- I believe Kirchner's coming over tomorrow to have these talks with whoever. If there's that much of a sticking block, surely he wouldn't say that he's still he's, he's, he's confident in, in getting it sorted. And I think one of his tweets was that we that we've got we've all got something to celebrate on Saturday. So he's obviously coming over here, Corey, to dot the I's and cross the T's on on taking over at Derby County. You would think. Of course, there's the discussion with the council which is going to be a little bit difficult because obviously it's election week this week it's election day tomorrow so chances of Chris Kirchner having much of a chat with the Derby City Council tomorrow probably probably not he'll want to know where he is with that and of course from 2.30 on Saturday he's, he's funding the football club and you would think as a shrewd shrewd businessman he's not going to fund the football club unless he knows he's got a pretty damn good chance of taking it over, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, nothing's done and dusted. We do know that at the end of the Cardiff game, some period after that, his period of exclusivity finishes. If the deal's not done, Darby will go to an ATM machine. There will be no money, and that is the dreaded L word. But to keep it positive here, Jason, yeah, there's supposed to be an EFL meeting tomorrow, Thursday, as we are recording this Wednesday evening. Um and hopefully everything gets ratified. Hopefully everything becomes uh, uh, done and dusted and signed, sealed and delivered. We know the stadium situation is still kind of up in the air, but it's a non-negotiable for him. Mel Morris cannot own the football stadium, so we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know whether Derby City Council are buying the football, football stadium off of Mel Morris or if it's just a campaign tech. I don't know. I'm not involved. I'm not trying to be political. I've got no druthers one way or another about who wins the council election. I'm not bothered because I live in America. Um, so you know, it will be, it will be very, very interesting, but he's got to, you know, something has to happen real soon so we can get people, uh, get contracts in front of people. Jack, I want to get your thoughts on this. Like, how are you viewing this whole Chris Kirshner situation? Um, and how, how big of a crucial, you know, meeting is it tomorrow? And, and, and it obviously looms large over the fixture, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's obvious from what we know, because obviously what we know is only what everyone else reading Twitter knows. It would seem that the next couple of days are going to be crucial because who, nobody knows what happens come Saturday, do they? And yeah, then we dread to think what happens. I mean, Chris Kirshner himself was um, asked about this by a fan uh, this week by someone, someone on Twitter. And he said, he just said, we're just hoping it doesn't come to that. We're just hoping it doesn't come to liquidation, you know, which the, the takeover needs to go through by the weekend. And going, I mean, just quickly going back to what we were saying about players signing new deals, 
the one thing I think can be overlooked that can give us a bit of hope on that front as well, if this goes through, is we've got all these players saying they want to stay. And in fact, Curtis Davis, after winning Player of the Year last night, talked about enjoying coming to work every day and working with good people. And the fact it's the most he's enjoyed his football since his early seasons at Luton. And this is the thing, the culture, I wrote about it last week when I felt particularly optimistic. Last thing I wrote for the website, um, the culture at the club now is positive. This whole, everyone's united, aren't they? We're all in this together. Curtis Davis said that last night as well. Um, so, but it does all hinge. It does all hinge on the takeover. Now, are there a couple more days if something, you know, if things don't go through by Saturday? Is there a little bit of extra time? As far as we know, there's not. There probably isn't. We are, you know, we're in the dark on this, but we've just got to, we've got to trust them and, and hope, haven't we? Um, obviously, we know that the, the deal is conditional to Mel Morris no longer owning the stadium. We don't know, again, the intricacies on that. So how long, you know, does that have to be sorted by the weekend? Um, and if it does, then again, we can't make a judgment because we don't know how far along that is. But basically... It sounds like it all needs to happen by by Saturday, and yeah, there is the game on Saturday. It'll be it'll be emotional. It'll be like a, a big day for a lot of people to be going there to kind of thank the squad almost. But the result in itself is tiny in terms of significance compared to everything else going on, isn't it? No, without question, Jack. I mean, Corey, obviously, we know the answer to the Chris Kirchner thing because uh, we're going to put this podcast out later tonight. So that means the deal's going through tomorrow because something always happens the day after we uh, we release a podcast. So that that one's nailed on the bank. If, uh, if uh, anybody can hear me through the window, go and get your money on it happening tomorrow because it, it's happening. It really is. But no, I, I would agree. It's It's a big couple of days. I think as far as I'm aware, and I'm no expert in this, is obviously he basically has to pay for Derby after, well, from Sunday. and If the think, deal's ratified. Well, this is the thing. I think, I think this is the thing. He, he, the, he has to be able to, he has to get the deal ratified from the AFL before he can start writing checks. If he can't start writing checks, the football club goes into liquidation because he's got and no money. he has money. to start writing the checks on Monday, I think, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's either Sunday or Monday. I think the one thing that they've got is obviously, as fo- most football clubs will, will work, It'll be a month-by-month month basis. So Jack's point on can it go a little bit further? Potentially, if he was to turn around and say, as long as there's enough um, optimism that this deal will happen, the stadium's dealt with, he may well make some assurances that by the end of May, you know, he, he'll cover the costs for the end of May, just on the off chance. We, we, but we don't know. We don't know the answers to that question. So there is still a lot to get right for the next for the next couple of days and it's it's all coming to head and as i said earlier uh, one of kirchner's tweets he hopes that we've all got something to celebrate on saturday i mean i'll take a 11:30 friday night uh corner flag chris kirchner well, leading, it, the corner flag, leading it I'm against it really angry <laughs> yeah. it's things like that but i mean it could well be i mean what what a, what a last day of the season after everything that's gone on to be going to Pride Park, I think there's about 3,000 tickets left. Don't know if it'll be a full sellout. It'll be pretty much close. 
I've seen some people on Twitter. I just want to point that. I just want to say this. I've seen some people on Twitter calling out Derby fans for not going to the last game of the season. What they've got to realise is Cardiff were probably given three thousand. So if Cardiff have only de- if they've only decided to send a thousand sell sell a thousand tickets, that's not really Derby County's fault. Um, they don't then get re-released, as far as I'm aware, for for home fans because of obviously segregation and policing and things like that. So if if the crowd's not the crowd, I mean, when we look at Birmingham and, and some of the crowds that we've had, some of the sellouts, that's because the away following has been has been pretty massive. You would presume Cardiff for the last game of the season will will bring some fans, but you know we we're not sure. It's not Derby fans turning the back on Derby. It's um, you know it might it might be other logistical reasons, but there's going to be a thirty. You, uh, we would estimate a thirty plus crowd on Saturday, and if an announcement is made somewhere before, during, or right on full time, he comes running out with a scarf and I don't know, whatever he decides to do. I mean. It's going to be Jack Point got it on the on the head. It's going to be an emotional day on Saturday. I, th- I think it will be, and just to have that final bit of good news, we Corey, we said this three or four months ago. What we did not want this to do is drag into the close season and drag into preseason for next year. There is from all everything that we've we've been listening to and, and hearing about, there is a strong possibility that this could be done and dusted by the weekend dotting the I's and crossing the T's obviously then there's the administration exit strategy and things like that which you would presume that they've got in play in place and from there I don't really know what other obstacles that they would be with that um, other than Mike Ashley turning up on Saturday and barricading the the entrance the or big something like that. yeah yeah maybe in his sports direct mug with wheels on because they like to sell yeah. the big ones um, but yeah something like that so yeah Finally, I mean, dare we say it, chaps, finally, after nearly two years, Corey, we was on BBC Radio Derby the, the day it got announced that it, we were going into administration. Is it finally, after this weekend, do we wake up Monday morning and do the end of season pod next week with a with a new owner, to potential, still potential, but a new, pretty much a, a nailed on new owner? I mean, now we'll put out a new episode and then they'll announce the news. Yeah, well, this is it. It's It's just... It's crazy to think that really this has been the main talking point, not just on this podcast, on every Derby County podcast, on a lot of sports podcasts, on TV, on talk sport, on all the things that me and Corey have been involved in, on on everything. Derby County has been a massive talking point for the last 18 months. And we could actually be very, very close to the end in the next three or four days. Seems a bit unreal, really. It really does. It's not, I mean, I'm sure. To see the light still, at the end of the tunnel. Mm, we'll still talk about it. I'm sure in, in years to come, I'm, I'm sure this season will get mentioned. A lot will want to brush it under the carpet. I think it will probably depend our Derby do over the next 18, 12 months, 18 months. If, if Derby can resurrect something, then maybe it does get knocked in the past. But it's just, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday. And I know I'm going to have a jolly good time. Um, and, It'll be sad, obviously. It's it's massively sad that we've we've been relegated. But I'm I'm a lot more optimistic than what certainly what me and you were, Corey, three months ago before that Birmingham game at home, where Derby County nearly went out of business. Well, we, we believe Derby County nearly went out of business. How close that actually was, we're not sure. But it'd be interesting. Um one quick mention I want to put out before um, about the game as well tomorrow. 
uh, sorry, tomorrow on Saturday is I'm sure you're seeing it. Is is it Club 1884? Uh, Club 84, where, where, whichever one it is. Apologies, I might have got that wrong. Some of the flags and TFOs and everything that they've got going for. Oh, it's the... going to be epic. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's as big it's as a gym. Be amazing. It's massive. Yeah, it have you will. seen it, Jack? Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's massive. I mean, that Crazy. will pretty much Crazy. fill the entire south stand. It, there won't be much passing around of it, I don't think. It will. It will literally just kind of cover the entire south stand. Um, but that's what we want. And I know I've seen somebody comment. In fact, I've seen a few people comment. Uh, and Corey, you'll be be able to comment on this quite comfortably. Um, a lot were saying that. You know, Kirchner is obviously American, bringing an American fans feel to obviously sports like baseball and, and American football. And I know you've you've said on this podcast many, many times that there are parts of American sports that are good. And there's parts of American sports that you don't get so close to as a fan, whereas it's a little bit different with with football over here. But I think one thing that they need to do is is really get that back. We know the fans got disconnected from the club for obvious reasons. We know that. And it's all about bringing it back. And obviously there's been too many really to mention uh, how many different people have got involved with doing various different things this year to try and bring that fan base back together, to try and bring the the community and the club back together. And Saturday will be an absolute spectacle, fingers crossed. And I just want whoever takes over, if, if we take, get taken over, as long as there's a Derby County next, next season. I think we know that there's a lot to do on the pitch. We know there's a lot to do off the pitch. But one thing I really, really do hope that they do is keep fans interested in going. And, yeah, and 100%. Them... I mean, that's it's the lifeblood of football, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just, just little things like that, you know. Just I know it might sound silly, but a banner, it's, it's, it's something at the start of a game. I, I remember years ago when we used, there was one, and then for, for a long time there wasn't. COVID obviously played, played a big part of that because, oh, you couldn't touch the same flag because it was, you know... Um, it was frowned upon and, and all stupid things like that. But we, we need to get that atmosphere back. We've seen if Derby can take four and a half thousand fans to Bloomfield Road last week and make the place absolutely rocking. If 30,000 fans can all join together on, on, on any home, on any home game, but I'm singling out Saturday just for the time being, th- that atmosphere will be fantastic. And we've said it too many times, Corey, those two seasons or season and a half that we had over COVID, Derby wouldn't have struggled the way that they did if they'd have got the home fans behind them. We've seen that this year. I'm just, in a way, I know it's ended in relegation anyway, but I'm glad that we've been able to actually see it in some respects. Because I think if fans hadn't have seen this season, Derby would have gone down with an absolute whimper, which would have been sold. Even more more devastating. Mm. I mean, I I echo that, Jason. And I just think I'm, I'm glad that we were able to be at this time to witness this because this is a watershed moment for this football club, right, wrong, or otherwise. They'll either be a Derby County or they won't. Um, and if there continues to be a Derby County, then this will be this will be the moment that is a, 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 a um, an inflection point, a, a change of direction, um, and something that you know we'll be able to tell our kids and our grandkids about um, down the road as as Derby County's issue continues uh, continues to grow and develop. And it's just been it's been immense um, on the field. The players have been amazing with everything that's gone on. The fans have been unreal unreal support i mean to raise that money for those giant tifos in like three days was incredible for the rams family fund that they've raised money for for all the other things that i'm i'm forgetting offhand been absolutely absolutely fantastic before we move on to our next segment we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year first is going to be flat back four and the second is six yards out flat back four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys 
um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Darby stuff. So go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season. So stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things, Darby County. They've got England mugs, Darby County mugs, and various different kits. And you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review. As a, as a coupon code there as well and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's, that's Flatback 4 and Six Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. And Jason and Jack, before before I think we, we finish this, I want to talk about a few things, Jason, that we've tweeted out over the few days, and I wanted to get your and Jack's opinion on this. Uh, and you mentioned this earlier, Jason. Um, young player of the year award we gave to Max Bird. We were slated for that, but the reason we gave that to Max is because he played the whole season. Essentially he's played 40 odd games. Um, you know, had, had cash in played more than since January, February, he would have been in the run in Ebbawee. If he hadn't played the last three months, if he had continued to play throughout the season would have been that contention. Um, Jack, Max Bird, he won our Rams review podcast, young player of the season award, which I'm sure he's absolutely chuffed to bits about. Um, and then, uh, he won the uh, Young Player of the Year award from the football club. Uh, Jack, a couple words. Max Bird, deserving winner or not? Yeah, he's been a he's been a mainstay in the team, and it's been a great team performance all season. I'm, I'm just looking to see who else could have been there. Um, as you say, Cashin Adioi, if they played the whole season, but they haven't. Max Bird did. If we're you know if we're picking players for the second half of the season then Cashin and Ebioe are up there with him, absolutely, and probably maybe ahead of him. I don't know. But but yeah, over the whole season, I think it's got to be Bird. And Jason and Jack, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just sound a bit ridiculous here when I say this, but come on the podcast, I'm sure the listeners know I sound that plenty well enough. But our Rams Review podcast, Derby County Player of the Year, was the exact same as the club's Jack Stamps Player of the Year. And that was big Curtis Davis, who has played 44 times and had four goals. He's played like every minute of the championship season. Um, last season, he came on after a ruptured Achilles tendon, signed medical waivers to play. He's been absolutely immense. He's a deserving winner of this, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he is. Absolutely. He, I mean, you say Max Bird would have been delighted, but I mean, Curtis Davis, didn't he respond to it? He did. Yeah, so he's. He's, he's obviously chuffed a bit because I'm sure that's going like sure he's printing off that tweet, Jack, and like putting it in his trophy cabinet. Oh yeah, but, I mean the, the other the other thing. I mean Curtis Davis, he's just he represents everything brilliant about the club throughout this season, doesn't he? I mean this is a bold statement, but for me, he's um, Curtis Davis now is on that sort of pedestal where David Marshall was after that penalty save to get Scotland to the Euros. Yes, one hundred percent. I think Davis, 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 the best center half at Derby County in the last 15 years. 20. Uh, Tamori might have something to say about okay, that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I forgot about Fakayo Tamori. Never mind. Sorry. But yeah, he's up there. So is he, is he in like the top three? Yeah. For, for what he's done for the club, certainly. He's, um, he's got the up there because look at the way he's conducted himself throughout. Well, the last few years, and the, the way he talks about the club again, just going back, I wrote some stuff down earlier watching the watching the interview. He's now talking about it as his, you know, the, you know, his club, isn't he? He's yeah. and he wants. He said this struck me. 
he wants to be able to talk about a team that got re-promoted from League One in 50 years' time in the same way that the champions from 72 were last night. Yeah. He's, he's committed. He's mentored all these young players who've done, despite relegation, done so well against all the odds. It's incredible, really. I mean, three Achilles injuries, coming back as he did last season. I mean, obviously, Achilles' recovery is tough. I mean, it takes a long time. It's like nine, ten months before you can even get, like, walking again without a boot. Yeah. Insane. And then to come out of that, Jack, like you say, and play every minute of the game, every minute of every game. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just and he's like he's like He's like 36. It's incredible. I think he turned 37 a few weeks back, didn't he? Jesus, he's even older than I thought. He did. He did. He did. He's made 150 appearances for Derby. I think that was last weekend or the weekend before. And... Yeah, when you look at it, like you said, he's had two big injuries at Derby. He's been he's been around at Pride Park for about f- five six seasons now, I think. And that because he that played is, under Gary Rowett, mm, it's inc- Rowett it, it, it is it is incredible when you when you think about it. And obviously, there were times, and I know we've spoken about it, Corey. There were times that we thought Curtis Davis had probably played his last game for Derby, not just because of form. Uh, sorry, not just because of injury, but because of form. He was he was being left out. He was people didn't think he was the future, and it would. I say the future, that's that's being a bit harsh. But here he is, you know, a stalwart at the back and has played every minute of every game this season and arguably has played some of his best football, certainly in a Derby shirt, uh, over the last uh, 12 months. And I think it would be a crying shame if he if we can't give him another 12 months, if it's a cameo and then into coaching, if he wants to be at Derby and do any coaching, whatever he wants to do. Um, I know he said he'd like, I think he said in an interview before, hasn't he, that he'd like to finish his career where he started. But at the end of the day, he probably thought at the age of 37, 38, he would be a, a League Two, League One, League Two kind of player. Uh, he's just, he's not been that. He, he's obviously he's still doing it in the championship. So, I mean, yeah, we, I don't think, I don't think anybody could argue him in, in being given it. I, I really can't. I, I, I couldn't give another one. Obviously, players, player. Last night, I believe, at the award ceremony, he went to Nathan Byrne. He it, would have been the only other one that was... Yep. And we had that conversation. And, and me and you Corey. debated that for a yeah. long time. It was like, we, is it Byrne? Is it Davis? And I, we handed it to Davis because of his consistency, his, you know, playing every minute of every game yeah. is incredible for any player, but let alone for someone at his age with his injury record. And then to put the performances in as well was, you know, he never had a bad game. He yeah, got, oh, this is it. All players do, but he never had like an absolute stinker. No, no, absolutely not. So two other two other players I want to get to, Jens, before we finish, is two players out of contract. We talked about the young players needing to stay in contract, and I put these two graphics out the other day on the Twitter page. Ravel Morrison, he's played 36 times for Derby in all competitions. It's the most appearances he's made for a club ever in his career. He's played 2,300 minutes. He's scored five goals. He's got four assists. We know he's on 4,500 a week. Ravel Morrison, Jack, and then Jason – do you want him on the League One Rams? He plays like he has since, I mean, like since that Barnsley game onwards and that sort of period. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, right now we'd also take whoever we can get signed up for next <laughs> yeah, season, wouldn't true. we? But, but, you know, if, it all, if it's all sorted out, yeah, we want to keep him. If he wants to stay and Rooney wants to keep him, I think anyone Rooney wants to keep, we're going to trust his judgment now in terms of it is it's keeping this core together isn't it so that we can hopefully rise back up again because the 
kind of the team spirit is something that's been so key as well as ability. So yeah, these youngsters will develop an ability and do do better with people like Ravel Morris and Curtis Davis around if they're as you know playing as well as they have done. Jason, is a yes for you as well? Yeah. I mean, obviously, beggars can't be choosers if we've got no players. Mm. No, I think so. Perfect world. Everything gets rubber stamped, signed, sealed, delivered. We can can do player trading. Ravel Morris, do you want to stick around? Yeah, absolutely. I I think Jack brings up a a, a great point. It's Rooney has obviously got him playing. And through the season, whilst obviously his name was being called out, Corey, you was, I'm going to call you out. You, you called out Wayne Rooney in, in, when he first took, well, not. I was not the biggest fan of Ravel Morrison signing. I can eat some apple pie. And I think. We talked to our friends at Den Hog and they were like, he never made an impact. I mean, he had an impact in any club. So you just think, oh Christ, it's Ravel Morrison. He's showing up, whatever. Yeah. I know he had spit his toys out the pram a little bit when he made this, this a joke kind of Instagram post. And you're thinking, yeah, we don't need this kind of guy in the dressing room. But Rooney, Rooney sorted it out. He's proved me wrong. Yeah, well, this is the thing. And they I moved think... him further forward, and he's incredible. He's playing his, some of his best football. I mean, he was kind of crap for the first few games. He had his peaks and trays. They took him out the took him out of the team, and then since he came back in, it's been incredible. It, it, again, it was that attitude really thing. been a t- trendsetter for us. I mean, look at the QPR game. And Ravel Morrison started that game. I know he was ill, and Andy Ellis, we, we didn't know the extent. He had said that he was ill, and we didn't know the extent of his illness. But, I mean, had that game gone on any further, Darby probably would have won because Ravel Morrison was pulling the strings. Yeah, no, this is it. I, I say, I think Jack brings up a perfect point that a lot of people, because of what's gone on this year, trust Wayne Rooney's judgment now. If Wayne Rooney thinks that Ravel Morrison should stay at Derby County, then I don't think many people will argue it. Obviously, Wayne Rooney thought Ravel Morrison should stay at Derby this season. We're right. We probably couldn't afford to not have him because it, it, you know we needed a squad of players. But he continued to pick him. There were there were other options this season. Let's face it, there has been other options that could have played instead of Ravel Morrison. Uh, Louis Watson, obviously, we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Louis Sibley, who's not been really involved in the first team, he's obviously played up front as well, which was a strange thing the other week, which didn't really work out. But there are other players that you know could have been in and around that. Obviously, CKR didn't really get involved; wasn't in in the squad when Morrison was. You've you, you've got to judge Rooney's you know, choices. And yeah, I mean, you would presume he'd want to stay. I mean, we don't know. We honestly don't know the answer to these. Like you say, they sounds like, and it sounds like that they're all being genuine. Um, I did like Ravel Morrison. Did you see Corey where he, he stole a hat at Blackpool and he got a kiss me quick hat on? I mean, sign him up just for that. Um, Good job. You weren't at Blackpool. You'd run down the terraces there. I would. Absolutely. But yeah, I, no, I would fully agree. Ravel Morrison for me, Unless another championship club fancy a punt on him, I mean, they, but maybe they he sits be. there and he says, "I've settled in Derby. I found a home. We've got good leaders." It could be, yeah. We can do way. okay in League One. I can rebuild my reputation. He needs to go right now because I mean, he's twenty-eight. So I think he'd rather stay in League One than move abroad again. It would be my one hundred percent. Yeah, I would think so. Would be my opinion. So unless another championship club takes a flutter at him on a free transfer, which I'm guessing he would be on, then may, maybe we don't see Ravel again. But for me, I'd keep him. One other player that I want to get to, Jason, because we and Jack, because we're running out of time here. We want to be we're only going to finish the next few minutes. The captain, Tom Lawrence, he's played 37 times for Derby this season. He scored 11 goals. He's our highest goal scorer. Um, he's also got five assists. He's having his best season at Derby County. He cost eight million for Gary Rowett in the 17-18 season. Bit of inconsistent, bit marmite. Well, I've always said that you know he's arguably Derby's most influential player when he's on form. 
Jack, and this is a bit of a strange one because Tom Lawrence is on a pretty good wage. He's pretty talented, boy. He's having a great season. Could you realistically see him sticking around in League One for, for Derby County, or is he trying to get to the championship to force his way back into that Rob Page's Welsh, Welsh team for the World Cup? Yeah, see, this is the thing. With both him and Bielich, I think, yeah. they're... You know, Rooney keeps saying in press conferences that all the players want to stay. We're hearing on Twitter from people that were at the awards last night that players are saying they want to stay. But how much money can we afford to pay them? It's going to be nowhere near what they're on at the moment because Tom Lawrence was signed when we were pushing for the Premier League, not stuck in league, you know, going down to League One. Um, so even if he wants to stay, it's going to be, it might come down to money. Jason, do you see him? Do you see him sticking around? Because I mean, J- Jack's dead on. It's all about the money here. He's not been in the Wales picture. The win- World Cup's in winter, like B. Like they're going to want to be playing at some sort of stand- decent level, either dominating in League One or playing in the Championship, dominating. <sighs> Is Saturday a swan song for Tom Lawrence? Do we give him a good send off and say, "Hey, thanks. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a good ride, and we've got to let him go." Or again, if everything gets rubber stamped, could you see him sticking around? No, I, I, being honest, no, I can't. Um, I think the wages, I think it does come down when you look at that division, obviously where Derby are this season, uh, where they've been financially, that brings you, his weekly wage brings in another two or three players. And at the moment, Derby's main task, great, we'll have Tom Lawrence up front in League One. But if you haven't got the other nine, ten guys behind him, he's going to be, He's going to be ineffective. He's not going to be able to win the league for Derby County on his own. I'm pretty certain of that. Uh, for me, he's had, we've talked about this, Corey, he's had the best season by Country Mile in a Derby shirt. He's probably had one of the best uh, seasons in his career, let alone just at Derby, other than, I think, you know, a decent spell at Ipswich. But even though he's had the best, there has been still two, for me, I think there's been still too many times this season and obviously over previous seasons, but this season in particular, there are still too many question marks about him. Um, His temperament, obviously, was given the captaincy. We were all shocked at that. It's obviously, in some respects, it's worked. But the guy, has he been sent off three times this season? That's not really what you want from a captain. As a captain, he doesn't fill me full of confidence. He doesn't fill me full of... um, you know, somebody like a Davis having it or, or somebody like that. He, he's, he doesn't come across as that type of person. We don't know if he screams and shouts in the dressing room. We don't know. My feelings are that he probably doesn't, whereas a Curtis Davis on the pitch is doing it. You know, I know there's always more than one captain on, on, a, on a field, but for me, I think the figure to keep, it, it would have to be ridiculous, rid- ridiculously low. One that, in all fairness, I don't think you would be I'm trying to think of the right word. It's it's one of them where you wouldn't begrudge him wanting to move. If if a if a championship club comes in for him who can pay him twenty grand a week or whatever he may well be on at the minute, I don't see him wanting to to get a quarter of that in League One. I really don't because let let's be honest, Derby aren't handing out ten grand a week. There's no there's no way they're handing out ten grand a week. I just I just can't see it because obviously there's the salary cap and there's this, that and the other, and we've got a massive, massive wage budget uh, to to add to. Obviously, 
most teams who come down, they lose one or two of their of their best better signings, and, and they make a bit of money out of it. And that can then pay for one or two of the others to stay in case it's a re it's a quick fire back into the division. Derby haven't got that luxury. They've got four four five players uh, contracted, and chances are two of those are leaving because they're what Derby make money out of. It, I just think the rebuild job at the I think the rebuild job is too much to be able to offer him a contract unless he literally takes five grand a week. Which let's face it. I don't think anybody in their right mind would take a I mean, he's still 75%. In his feet he's only 28. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he's but got one big, gonna... one big contract left now before. Yeah. Nobody's going to take nobody's going to take a 75% wage cut just to drop down a division Corey. nobody uh, nobody in the right mind would in, in no my matter opinion. how much you love a football club. I mean, no. I, I agree with you 100% just like we said earlier on with the young players getting contracts, you know, it, it comes down to finances, it comes down to it's good money and it sets players up for for the rest of their lives. So you can't necessarily stand on sentiment and Football clubs don't. When when players are doing poorly, they get rid of them. That's it. So you know, I I I, I wouldn't begrudge him one way or another. Thank you, Tom Lawrence. You've you, you've you've proven your worth this season. You know, you almost took us and, and saved us. So you know, if it is if it is a swan song, I will I will I will be sad to see the day Tom Lawrence leaves his football club because I think he's been a tremendous servant for it. But Jason- no, Corey, I'd be I'd I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I'd love him. No, to I, be, I agree with you one hundred percent. I agree with you. I just I can't see it. I, no, I really, unfortunately, I, I, think I, can't. I think it's going to be, it's going to be, it, it would be crazy. It would be a crazy deal, heavily incentivized for him to stay up. And in 28, at 28 years old, he's looking at one big kind of one big contract now before his, his career finishes, you know, he can get a two or three year deal, finish it 30. And then he's looking to kind of drop down and take those pay cuts and, and, and do that kind of thing to continue to stay in the, continue to stay in the game. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how everything pans out because like we've been saying, gents, Basically, all season on this podcast, this is a, a, a this is a big week. This is a big seventy-two hours um, for this football club, and hopefully, you can come out of the other side and um, and uh, and 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 be better for it. But we'll recap everything next week, won't we, Jason? In our in our review episode, absolutely uh, out out next week, and then Jason. Before we go, we've also you know I'll just put a little teaser out there. We've got some. We've got almost our whole summer planned out in terms of podcasts and things like that. So. Should learn how to be a pretty exciting summer. Uh, there's some pretty exciting things we're also working on as well, which we're going to be getting in touch with some people on and, and, and doing things like that. And, and Jack, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast uh, last couple of times, um, you know, sharing your insights and, and continuing to write great articles for us. We're excited for you to, to be a part of this team. And, 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 and as we continue to grow and develop next season, we hope you're a, a really big part of it again. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to just keep going. I mean, this is just all the, the stuff I've watched and listened to anyway. And then it's someone happy to listen to my ramblings. So now we know where the third listing comes from, Jason. Yeah, well, hey, I'm going to say, well, if you're mom, talking about... Apparently it wasn't. If you're talking about listening to ramblings, I think we've done that for the last uh, for the last three years and we, we still have we still have some listeners. We left, have a good so. time. We have a good time. Yeah, of course we do. We do. And this is what I mean. Everything, that cloud got lifted a couple of weeks ago and it was difficult to talk about because it was so raw. But I think you look at it now and... Yeah, there are still some big, big things. And I mean, that, that's got to be the name of the podcast, hasn't it, Corey? The, the, the big 72, because that is w- w- what it's going to be. The next 72 hours is going to be probably massive in, the, in terms of where this football club goes. But I've just, there, there, is, there is optimism there. And there, once one door closes, another one's going to open. And then, you know, in, in three, four weeks time, when we've had a bit of a break and we've got some pre-records out there and we, we look at reconvening in 
Um, unless there's any br- really massive breaking news, of course, well, then, then we'll be back. But when we start looking at the pre-season schedule and we're, we're having chats about signing players, we're having chats about what contracts we were able to offer. God, it'd be we're so great chats... to have a contract about signing a player. Oh, oh, exactly. And, and th- these are all the things to look forward to. I mean, obviously, the other end of the spectrum is that Derby County die, which, you know... W- w- Jesus, we'll... that was brutal. Yeah, which won't happen, I'm sure. Um, Just throw it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got, you know me, I'm balanced. I'm balanced. But um, yeah, yeah. there's a way to say it, mate. It's not like they're dead. Yeah, well, it would be. That, that, don't, well, don't ever go be like a doctor or something. That, that is yeah. the end of the world. That is the end of the... That is it, though. That is it. It's either... Life the bottom line, yeah. Yeah, Derby survive, or after Monday, Derby are dead. Simple as that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm hoping that that's... You put it in very black and white terms. Well, hey, we're a black and white podcast. What can I say? Yeah. Um, but yeah, my thanks go out to Jack as well. Jack, yeah, it has. It's been it's been great meeting you. It's a bit of a shame that, you know, our paths didn't cross earlier on in the season because you would have been obviously uh, involved a lot, lot more. And I mean, it, we if we get you on next week or not, I'm I'm not really sure what, what the uh, what the workout is, but we'll certainly have you on next season at the beginning of next season. And uh, we'll we'll get some of your stuff out over the summer months. As I say, it's not many of them, so uh, we'll we'll soon be talking football again, and and fingers crossed, it's uh, a lot more positive to to talk about. But Jack, appreciate you coming on, mate. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. And Corey, as always, there's one more. Well, yeah, one more to go for the season. Another season done. Another season of the Rams Review podcast has been has been complete. And I mean, what a what a whirlwind the last the last three years have been. It's been it's been incredible. Has it only we, been we, three years. It, it, we are coming up to the oh, third birthday. Feels in, like it's um, been thirty. Yeah, the third birthday is is coming up in June. I think it is, or beginning of July. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, not long to wait. Not long to wait. Um, and fingers crossed. Obviously, we've got many, many more years to come on on the podcast. But as always, as a co-host, thank you very much. And Jason, uh, it's always a pleasure. Look forward to uh, chewing the fat next week of what has been, as as I've mentioned a couple of times, what has been a a remarkable season. For, for all sorts of reasons. Um, and I mean, Netflix, I'll say this to end, Netflix must be kicking themselves that they decided they an to... opportunity. Oh, that they decided to do... Uh, Arsenal. Sunderland or Arsenal or, or whatever. Ridiculous leads. Derby was where it was at. They should have known that. And they've missed out on an absolute money bag. They really have. But hey-ho, we've been here to talk about it. Unfortunately, the money bag didn't follow us. But um, you never know. You never know for the future. You never know for the future. But that's all from this penultimate episode of the Ramsaroo podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about Cardiff and the season as a whole. And fingers crossed, we've still got a club and you never know, we might have a new owner. But until then, there's only one thing left to say, and that is up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.